0: You remember when you were a kid and how important it was to be invited to the party? Like if somebody had a birthday party and you got the invitation, it would come in the mail, you'd open that up or it would just be like the best thing. And like the worst feeling ever was when you get to school like on a Monday morning and discover that there had been some like sleepover or party or something like that going on and you didn't get the invite. Maybe you never experienced that because you're one of the popular kids Maybe you're like me and like, oh yeah, that happened. And how, how bad you would feel about that because we all want to be included. We all want to be invited. I can remember when my kids were little, that was a big thing. When they, we didn't have parties every year because we just couldn't do that because when my kids had a party, it's like, okay, who do you know? Everybody is invited because we're not leaving anybody out. So like, you know, you've got you know, all these kids in your class. I don't even care if you don't get along with them or whatever, they're coming to your party. And, uh, and you better be good with it because everybody wants to be invited. Everybody wants to be included. Now, you go through elementary school and it's birthday parties and sleepovers, things like that. You get to high school, what's the big thing to be invited to? Prom, right? And we have this thing as a society today that you can't just ask a girl to prom like, would you go with me to prom? You have to come up with some clever, inventive, uh, creative, wild way to be invited to prom. And I'm really disappointed this morning that Chris ripped on our screen, because I had several examples of this that I was going to share of, of high school students being incredibly uh, creative. Maybe we'll put them out in the, uh, in the What's up on, on this Wednesday. But I do remember my kids, you know, going to prom, and I don't really actually remember for my girls how they were invited, but I do remember for my son, his senior year he wanted to ask this girl, and she was a really sweet girl, uh, to prom, and uh, she liked pugs. You know the little dogs that don't really have a head? They just have a face on the end of their neck? And as she was really into the, these, these pugs, and he was like, i, I got to figure out a way to ask her using a pug. And so he found a, a friend in his class who actually had a pug for a pet because, you know, like we weren't going to go to the shelter and get a pug just for that moment, right? It was like you, you got to come up with a different plan. But he found this, this dog. And his deal was right before homeroom, this dog was going to come trotting into the class, classroom with, with a, you know, a little sign hung around its, whatever you hang that around. There's not much to hang it there. But uh, they have that little song and just, you know, like with prom. And so he got this all together, and then this friend of his brought the dog to school. And the dog came trotting in right there before homeroom and with a little sign on. And she said yes, and it was a happily ever after moment except for one thing. The dog really couldn't go to school that day. And all the kids were there, and there was nobody really to take the dog back home. And that's where Luke was like, hey, Dad, could you do me a favor? I'm like, sure, buddy, what's that? Could you come out to school and get this pug and take it back to this kid's house? And I'm like, okay, sure. Now, I don't, you know, it was fine, but this pug and I had never met before. And we had this nice 20-minute car ride to, to make acquaintances, but one of the things about those pugs too is like, because they don't have really a head, there's nowhere for a nose to go, and so they just kind of snort. Like, if you have a pug, I'm sorry, because I'm probably offending you here, but you know what I'm talking about. Anybody have a pug? You know, they just got, you know, all through life. So for 20 minutes, that's all I heard, you know, all the way through the car there. And uh, and I get to this kid's house. I'd never been there before, and nobody's home. So I'm breaking into the house to have to put the pug back in there, and. Anyhow, she went to the prom and everything was good. And now she's married to somebody else. Okay, so off or not. But you know, getting invited is a big deal, isn't it? But have you noticed as we get older, we're not as excited about getting invited. You've had that experience, you know, your wife comes home and says, Hey, by the way, so and so invited us to come over. And you're like, Oh, no. Do we have to go? You're like, Yes, okay. Like, um, you know, and we're like, Could maybe, like, one of the kids call us halfway through the meal, like, oh, sorry. You know, we have all of our excuses because we're less excited about that. I have found, as I've gotten older, too, that the things that I tend to get invited to are, like, fundraisers. And, you know, I've decided I don't really get invited to these fundraisers for me. I get invited for my money. On second thought, maybe it is for me, okay? Um, That's more likely. But you go to these things, and sometimes, like, okay. I'm not really that excited, but I'll go and I'll make my appearance. At the same time, if the right person invited me to the right thing, I'm all in. Somebody shows up and say, I got an extra ticket to the Lions game. You want to go? Yeah. Where, 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 do I, where do I leave? I, I remember one time when, when Kelly and I were younger and the kids were younger, uh, a, a family member called us up and said, Hey, we, got a, we have a condo rented down on Anna Maria Island down in Florida, and we can't be there that week. Any chance that you could go? And I said, well, we should pray about it. Yes. Okay. The right invitation, and I'm all there. Well, we're talking about invitations here this morning. What would be the invitation that you would want to receive? Like if somebody were passing them out, like to the event, or, to, to, or maybe it's just a person that you want to go to, but you would like to receive that invitation. Because invitations is what the story we're going to be looking about is all about. Uh, looking at is, is all about. And so let me invite you to turn with me. There's my invitation. I invite you to turn with me to Luke chapter 14. And we're going to start reading in verse number 15. And we're jumping into the middle of the story. And the first part of the story we're going to come back to in about three weeks and look at. But I want to look at the second part of the story. Here's we're going to Luke chapter 14. Here's what's happening. Jesus has been invited to a Pharisee's house. I don't know if he's excited about that or not, but Jesus goes to that Pharisee's house. It's actually on a Sabbath, and we don't really know if Jesus was invited because the Pharisee was feeling hospitable and really wanted him to come, or if maybe it was a little bit of a setup, and they were going to kind of get him into like a a place where they could kind of trap him, because evidently somebody had been invited to this, um, this party as well, who had And that's not something we're particularly familiar with. It's like a a fluid retention disease. But the idea was, you know, this guy was there and Jesus would see him. And the question was, would Jesus heal this guy? Because it's a Sabbath. You're not supposed to be working on the Sabbath. And, of course, Jesus heals him. And that just raises the tension in this room incredibly. And so Jesus, as we jump into this story that he's about to tell, the tension is there and you can feel it. And not only is Jesus, like, feeling the tension, he's just kind of like, you know what, guys? How about if I just, like, turn this up, like, 5 degrees or 10 degrees or 20 degrees? And so Jesus just starts kind of, like, calling them out uh, for different things, like how they, they tried to, like, get in the places of prominence. It's this banquet or this, this uh, meal that they're sitting at. Or how they were, like, inviting people who could invite them back and so they were you know, like, I'll do you a favor, you do me a favor back. And Jesus is just going after that. And, and it's getting really, really uncomfortable in the room. And that's when we jump into the story here. So verse number 15 says this. When one of those at the table with him heard this, and this is these comments that Jesus is making about how what I'm seeing here is not good. He says to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God? And you sense it's a little bit of him like trying to change the subject. So you know, like Jesus is kind of like calling all these people out, and this guy's like, oh, blessed It's the person who will eat at the feast of the kingdom of God. Like, okay, could we talk about something else here, Jesus? Or it may even be a situation where he's saying, you know what? Let's not talk about them, let's talk about me, let's talk about you, let's talk about us. And you know what? We should just be grateful because we don't have to worry about whether or not we're worthy or not. So when it comes to the last days and to God's big banquet, hey, you're in, I'm in, we're all good here. And Jesus' response here is basically like, he tells a story, but just so you know what's coming, his response is like, "Um, yeah, everybody's going to be invited to that big feast at the end, but I'm not sure I'll be seeing you. And then he goes on to tell this story. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. And in the tradition of the day back then, you would get a uh, uh, two-part invitation. A little bit like our save the date now, except there was no date. But uh, a a banquet thrower would say, Hey, I'm going to have a big party when everything's set. I'll let you know when it is. But make plans but I'm not exactly sure. And so it was like this. He had, he's thrown his banquet. There's already been an initial invitation that's gone out. And what's about to happen is the follow-ups to say, hey, we're ready now. It's time to come. But he, he's uh, prepared this banquet, invited many guests. And at the time of the banquet, he sent a servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first one said, I bought a field, and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Yeah, like, let's just think about that one for a minute. He bought a field, but he hadn't checked it out. So after he's paid for it, now he's going to go see it. Maybe he, he made a good decision. And wouldn't that, like, field be there, like, the next day or the day after? Like, was there a big rush to go see this field? Probably not. Another one said, verse number 19, I have just bought five yoke of oxen. I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. The same deal. Like, you just bought five oxen. 10 oxen here, and you didn't check to see if maybe they were healthy or they could do the job. So a flimsy excuse again. The next guy is a little bit better. He said, I just got married, so I can't come. But most likely that, you know, if this guy had come and said, hey, could I bring a plus one here? Like, I just got married, that, you know, that would be fine. Yeah, tell her to come. And so the servant comes back in verse number 21 and reports this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets, into the alleys of the town, bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. If those people don't want to come to the party, fine. You go out and you go to the streets, you go to the alleys of the town, you bring in the people that probably... Wouldn't normally get invited. The poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame, and all the ones that can't invite you back, you invite them to come. And so they do that. The locals are invited, the people who wouldn't normally be invited. But then we get into verse number 22. It says, Sir, the servant said, What you ordered has been done, but there's still room. So the master told the servant, Well, then go out into the country, go outside the town. Go to the country lanes, the roads, and compel, or uh, uh, another word there would be urge urge them to come in so that my house will be full. Go further than just the locals. Go out to anybody that you can find and have them come in. Verse number 24, I tell you, not one of those who are invited will get a taste of my banquet. And so Jesus tells this interesting story, which kind of feels like he's answering the question that happens before it, and it kind of feels like he's going in a different direction. And so we want to go a little bit in a different direction, though, and think about this story and how it might apply to us, especially as we talk about this idea of invitations. Now, when we listen to or when we see or hear stories, we have a natural tendency